ritual. Don't you just love the sound of that word? For me, it conjures images of stained glass and the scent of incense, that feeling of time slowing down. It reminds me of way back in the day in 2001 when I was traveling with friends through Italy and Greece, and the final leg of my journey was to Florence. If you've ever been to Florence in the late spring, early summer, pre-COVID, of course, you know that it is full of tourists like me. Sweaty bodies pressed against each other, shuffling around the Uffizi, fanning themselves at cafes with gelatos. It's just madness. But while I was there, someone told me, you know, if you're going to see the famous Duomo, don't go during the day when every tourist is out sweating and roaming around. Take in a morning mass with the locals. And that is exactly what I did. I was up just as the sun was rising and I slipped into the magnificent Duomo through the side door. And in that moment, I left behind the morning bustle, the sound of motorcycles zipping around. And the normally full Duomo was empty, except for the handful of elderly churchgoers and me. And I sat listening to the echoing and the murmurs and the motions of the mass. I had stepped out of normal time and into a kind of communal ritual, a space that felt out of time. And I will never, as long as I live, forget the stillness of that, the sacredness of that space. And ever since then, I've been trying to construct some version of that sacred morning ritual into my daily life, or at least something that approximates the richness of that moment. Because the thing is, modern life doesn't offer us much in the way of sacred ritual, does it? We get shot out of a cannon when the alarm goes off, and we land in the same spot many hours later wondering what the hell happened and why the day was such a blur. But here's the truth. Whether we recognize it or not, we are engaged in morning rituals. The question is, are the rituals of our own making, or are they what has been foisted upon us? Are they what we've chosen and constructed for ourselves according to our preferences and needs? Or are they something we've accepted by default and without question? Is it a habitual pattern of behavior we've just blindly fallen into? That is the question. And I've always been fascinated by the human experience of time, right? How we move in it, how to be in it, how to make the most of it. And I've come to this one simple conclusion. We humans seem ill-equipped make time work for us. It's either going too slow or too fast. And what I found to be the most effective way to make some kind of peace with time, with the passing of minutes and hours and weeks and months and years, is to have a set of sacred daily rituals that I engage in. And by far the most important of these rituals is the morning ritual. People will often ask me, how will I find the courage to say this difficult thing I need to say? Or how do I begin to find my own authentic voice? Or how do I stop taking everything so personally? Or how do I stop being so emotionally volatile in my conversations? And I answer them in various ways, depending on what the circumstances. But eventually, my answer leads back to a fundamental question. I ask, how do you come home to yourself? How do you find that baseline steadiness where time slows down long enough for you to see clearly, feel deeply, and know intuitively? 
For so many of us, the answer is, I don't have a way to come home to myself. And that, my friend, is what I want to offer you in this episode, a roadmap, a guide for constructing a morning ritual that feels like home with a capital H. Because the truth is that most of us don't live in Florence, Italy. We don't have access to the Duomo for a morning mass attended by sweet little ancient nonnas with incense wafting through vaulted ceilings. We have only our bodies, our minds, and our spirits to work with. But it turns out that is more than enough. But before we dive in, I want to offer a metaphor as a means for sort of discerning where you are on your path to creating and constructing a beautiful sacred morning ritual for yourself. And the metaphor I want to use is a journey metaphor. And this journey, I think, has three phases. Phase one of your journey into a deeper, more intentional morning ritual is the planning phase, right? Phase one is planning your trip from the couch. This is when you realize you want to go somewhere and you're dreaming and figuring out where you want to go and how to get there, right? This phase is about considering what you want and need out of a morning ritual, It's about brainstorming and pondering what exactly appeals to you as a practice. And there is no shame in phase one. So if you're in phase one, don't beat yourself up or feel overwhelmed. Just acknowledge this is part of the journey. Phase two is what I call the freeway on-ramp phase, right? You're not going far or fast yet, but God damn it, you're on the road. And at this point, your entire morning ritual may only be 10 minutes long because that's literally the only time you've got to give right now it still counts. You're still on your way and off the damn couch. So yay you. But phase three is windows down, hair flying in the wind, fifth gear. This is when you are consistently not only nailing your morning ritual, but just enjoying it and starting to really reap the benefits of it. It's when you think, God, why did I wait this long to do this for myself? It's when your life starts to unfold in ways you honestly can't even believe. That's sort of fifth gear, wind in the hair vibes. That's phase three. But beware, we are changeable creatures. Things change, our location, our schedule, the season of life. And we find ourselves moving in and out of these phases, right? This is exactly as it should be. Your pre-parenting ritual will look vastly different from your new baby ritual. Your post-career ritual in retirement is going to look very different from your college age morning ritual, right? Don't sweat it. That's the natural order of things. But most of all, allow yourself to enjoy each phase. Don't beat yourself up for still being in planning mode. Don't beat yourself up for being stuck in third gear. And also don't be gloating about your Audubon status when you're in fifth gear and the rest of us are just trying to get off the couch, right? So now that we understand sort of what the journey looks like, let's dive into what I think are the absolute three crucial components to a morning ritual. They are the three Ds. One, declutter. Two, divine. Three, delight. So let's start with declutter. Listen, part of being human, I'm convinced, is waking up with garbage brain. And by that, I mean, the moment we open our eyes, our minds race with worries and anxieties. We interpret the dreams we were just having before the alarm ruined everything. We're just kind of a mess. And we need a way to leave behind all of that mental mange. Ben Kiker says that one of his clients, the first part of his morning practice as, quote, dehamstering my brain. I mean, I love that. 
For me, decluttering means pouring myself a mug of hot water with lemon and doing three pages of journal writing, a la Julia Cameron's morning pages from The Artist's Way. And if you're like, what's The Artist's Way? I mean, you need to Google it, you need to buy it, you need to do it. That's a whole other podcast for a whole other time. But that's my decluttering is I do my morning pages. And those daily pages are where I write longhand everything that's on my mind, fears, anxieties, petty grudges, insane thoughts. All of it goes without judgment onto that page. And once I see it written, I can relax and let go of it. Once I see how paranoid and afraid and silly my thoughts are, it's a hell of a lot easier to just let go of them and choose better thoughts. I mean, what a concept, right? These thoughts that keep you keep torturing yourself with, they are totally optional. Think about that. You can elect to think less paranoid negative thoughts. I know, it's shocking. So my decluttering and journaling generally takes me about 20 minutes. But if you're in phase one or two, you may not have 20 minutes to spare. Your decluttering practice may mean waking up and just simply counting your blessings for 60 seconds before you put your feet on the ground. You know, you woke up to a new day. Nobody tried to break into your house and harvest your organs. I mean, there's so much to be grateful for (laughs) and you can get her done in a minute, right? Or if you literally have zero time to declutter, try reciting a simple, beautiful mantra while you're brushing your teeth. While I was still in the on-ramp phase of my morning practice, I loved mentally repeating this mantra over and over again while I was brushing my teeth. Thank you for my big, brave heart. I would say it over and over again. And that sentence filled me with compassion for myself and allowed me to see that just getting out of bed sometimes can be an act of courage. So that's the declutter component to a morning practice. Number two, divine. Once the mind is a little bit less hamster ridden, the soul can have its moment. So for me, I honor the divine with five to 10 minutes of meditation. And I say that sort of in quotations, because here's the truth. I never meditate the same way twice. I just, I want to rebel. Like, don't tell me how to meditate, right? I don't like the idea of following any kind of strict rule or set practice style. I don't even want to meditate for the same amount of time every day. So today, for example, I sat on the floor with a pillow wedged under me, I lit some incense because once a Catholic, always a Catholic. And I sat and focused on the sensation of air passing through my nose and into my stomach. And I set a timer for five minutes. Then I set another five minute timer and I sat with my right hand over my heart. (sighs) Just tried to feel loved, just feel enough and worthy. I just let myself feel loved and worthy for five whole minutes. And when I got up from the floor, I felt so much lighter, so much less burdened by all that I had to do today, right? Because I think people have too rigid a construct of prayer and meditation. The fact is, it's your heart. It's your soul. Construct something that feels delightful. Set a timer and go, even if it's for two minutes. Forget about trying to have a perfectly clear mind. It's not possible. Just breathe and feel the love. That's it. Don't overthink it. Breathe and feel the love. So that's divine. The third is delight. Sorry, I had to do that. Remember that album? God, I love that album. So 90s. So in the delight portion of my morning practice, it's all about giving myself something delightful. 
We expect so much of ourselves every day. We push so hard to be good humans, good parents to those we parent, or good children to those we call parents, good citizens, good workers, good, 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 good. It's a lot of work being that freaking good all the time. And I find that if I don't carve out my own little private garden of delight, I burn out, I get resentful, and I get angry at all this goodness that is asked of me. My morning reading time is just literal bliss. It's my favorite. And I'm so stirred and moved when I read during that period that I get up from my chair full, right? I ask a lot of my own creativity and it gets grouchy with me if it's all take, take, take and no give. You know what I mean? But for you, delight might mean listening to something inspiring or drawing or knitting or running. If God bless you, that's your sense of delight. But take this business of delight just as seriously as you would decluttering or meditation. I'm so often tempted to skip this step because it seems indulgent, but I always regret it because my creative outputs are usually really crappy if I don't invest in good creative inputs. And friend, that's it. That's the whole thing. That's the whole ritual, at least for me. Declutter, divine, delight. Each of these steps can be five minutes or 20 minutes or an hour. It's up to you. For me, each one of these steps is about 20 to 30 minutes. I mean, I'm in fifth gear, baby, and I need 90 minutes for my morning routine. And in case you're wondering how I make this work in my schedule, I'll tell you what. My days now begin at 5 a.m. On Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I do 5.30 to 6.30 a.m. boot camp, love up my kids till they're online or at school. And then my morning ritual goes from 8.30 a.m. to 10 On Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's reversed. My morning ritual begins at 5 a.m. and is done by 6.30 a.m. And I exercise once the kids are settled. Look, that's my schedule right now. I mean, it's February in 2021. Who knows what it'll be in March or April or May or June? Sometimes I like to shake things up when the season changes. I just, I like novelty, right? And yes, 5 a.m. felt painful at first, but then it felt so good. It felt like I... As Ben says, I owned my day when I got up at 5 a.m. and did my thing. And it just built on itself. A new system was born out of just feeling so good at that hour of the day. Here's the thing. Transformation is what so many of us are seeking. We have this deep desire to realize our full potential. We want to leave our limiting small selves behind. We want to become something more someone more. And what I've seen is that transformation can happen very quickly in the form of an epiphany, or it can start very slowly and then build momentum as we become stronger and stronger and braver and braver and magically, or maybe not so magically, the quality and frequency of juicy opportunities seems to accelerate. Before we know it, the proverbial ugly duckling has become the swan. And we've become what we have only ever previously dreamed of. But here's the thing. The kind of transformation we are after happens in time. The epiphanies that awaken us, the chance encounters that change us, these all happen in time, in seconds, hours, and minutes. But here's what worries me. Sometimes transformation doesn't happen at all because we move through the days and minutes and the hours in a kind of existential blindness. We never leave the proverbial metaphorical couch. And I don't want that for myself, and I sure as hell don't want that for you. So my beautiful, glorious friend, 
What journey will you plot with the vehicle of your morning ritual? Where will your life take you? I can't wait to get a postcard. Because as Joni Mitchell's saying, we are stardust, we are golden, and we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. Get yourself a garden and spend some time there and shine on you crazy diamond. And hey, one more thing. Would you like to receive emails from me? I mean, talk about a ritual. I have a weekly ritual where every Monday morning I send out a thought tied to a communications skill and I fire it off Monday mornings to my people as a way of helping them sort of set the tone for the week. And if that sounds like something you'd like, if you'd like to start off your week with a little, I don't know, a little anchoring inspiration, a little anchoring skill to take your communication skills higher, go to bronwyncommunications.com forward slash subscribe and get in on this. And on Saturday mornings, I have an email ritual where I pop into your inbox with three fun things that I'm into that week. It could be something I've recently listened to or read or watched, or it could be something that I purchased that has brought some joy into my life. So if this sounds appealing to you, head on over, bronwyncommunications.com forward slash subscribe. Shine on. I'll see you next time.